My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Welcome to episode 305. So glad that you're here. Today we're going to have a talk about some things that are hard to talk about, but so important. And that's because leftover anger and bitterness can just rot our hearts. And we don't want to do that. We want to have full hearts to serve the Lord wherever we are, because we're not done yet. In the last couple of episodes, we've talked about some of the things that keep us paralyzed, um, that can keep us from being healed and walking in healing in these years with the Lord. Last episode, in episode 304, we, we talked about being tired and being sad and how those things can be hard. Today, this is a hard one, and it's one because it's going to call up some pain. And so, you know, just ask the Lord to help you see clearly what are some places that He wants to heal in your life in this area. One of the greatest blessings of living many years is living life with people, because you get to laugh and play and go on adventures, go out to dinner, get to hug and talk and live with family and friends through how many activities and and opportunities through the years. And one of the greatest struggles of living a long time is living with people because people present difficulties, right? It's interactions with other humans that have the greatest opportunity to argue and disagree and go in opposite directions. Just look at how divided people are over politics now that family has I will not talk to you ever again because you voted for whoever. We've all experienced lies and hurtful words and abandonment, betrayal, the pain of feeling ignored or forgotten. I mean, think about that math, or uh, we've been watching the great British baking show, and they call it the maths. I love how it's plural, because it is. You don't just do one little thing in math. You do a million, which is why it's so hard. But anyway, okay, I'm a, I'm a word girl, not a number girl. But if we had a mathematical equation that would calculate the effect of the amount of years we've lived, plus the human interaction times or multiplied by every hurt and pain, it would be exponential. It would be incalculable. The longer we live, the greatest our opportunity for pain. And our negative responses to those situations, while natural and usually deserved, um, can cause us as much harm. You know, we try to do the right thing, but look what that person did in return. Look how she stabbed me in the back. Or think about how hard and how long I've worked. And does anyone appreciate that? We have so many opportunities for betrayal in our life when we live closely with people. And working through anger and grief can rehash the pain, but we don't want to get stuck there. We must um, go past the pain to the place of healing. Why? Because damage occurs every time we replay an offense or rehearse what we could have said to that one that hurt us. 
Justifiable anger left simmering corrodes our hearts to the same degree that that unjustifiable anger does. Pain multiplies. Bitterness sends down deep roots. Unforgiveness rules our hearts. And left unchecked, a root of bitterness grows out of control. The hard work of healing and forgiving in healthy ways allows us to eventually thrive, even when we still carry scars. This effort might be slow, but it is so worth it. Before we talk about that, I want to give you a picture of this invasive root of bitterness. We have lived in Florida. We lived in North Carolina and driving back and forth to Texas from those states. We go all through the South and everywhere along the highway, we see the kudzu vine. It's not an original plant to North America. And it has been nicknamed the vine that ate the South. And that's because it was brought in by well-meaning soil conservation conservationist who thought, oh gosh, we're having too much erosion. Let's get this hardy vine in here and it will it will keep our soil in place. And boy, does it do that. But it now blankets entire hillsides of the South and it suffocates the native plants that are underneath. It doesn't have any natural predators here. It spreads unchecked and it can grow a foot a day. Isn't that amazing? That's a lot. Eradicating the weed takes incredible vigilance, and it only really works. The best that it works to to um, get it under control is if it's caught early in its life cycle. Mm, great picture for bitterness. And I think of the kudzu vine every time I read Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12 verse 15 says, see to it that no one tells, I'm sorry, see to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Bitterness looks just like that kudzu. If you can't walk through kudzu without a machete, because it just crisscrosses all across the ground, and bitterness left unchecked quickly blankets the positive things, the emotions in us. It leaves it invisible. It trips us up. It restricts us from growth and health. And here's the conundrum. At the moment of the injustice, anger is real. Pain occurs. It's real pain. And deep wounds take time to heal. Forgiveness runs opposite to every emotion you're feeling right then. But what happens if we never heal, if we never forgive, if we hang on to this wrong? It it just becomes out of control. You know, our hurter, the person that hurt us, that caused our pain, that betrayed us, that walked away, that did whatever they did, they might be unrepentant, which makes us feel justified. But if we don't deal with that pain and forgive, even when they are unrepentant, we will become ineffective. We will trip and fall flat on our face because a root of bitterness will grow. Hebrews 12, 12 through 13 goes on, talks about, okay, the root of bitterness. And now it says, lift up your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. You know what? <laughs> At this stage of life, I really get the hurting joints thing. Maybe that's why I identify with this scripture so much. My age makes parts of my body lame, or at least more prone to energy. My knees hurt. My hips can hurt. I used to be able to just sit down Indian style anytime I wanted. Not so much anymore. 
pain alerts me every time I push too hard. I need to strengthen my knees and I need to choose my paths carefully to protect my body. And my heart requires the same care. Certain places are more susceptible to pain. Old hurts, particularly family ones, remain difficult to forgive again and again and again. And then the pain flares up when those spots um, get irritated by maybe something happening again. If I've nurtured bitterness over those past difficulties, a new example of it that happens again just feeds that root and I grow bitterness a foot a day, just like the kudzu. It just it just gets out of control. And bitterness smothers love and forgiveness. It justifies an angry response and it will eat my heart. So when we in this stage of life are angry and bitter, we cannot effectively follow Jesus. Hanging on to the hurt from others' bad actions destroys our joy. It cripples our effectiveness. It poisons our empty nest years with the resentments and regrets of the past. The only way to move effectively right now is to leave those hurts with our healers, to lay the offenses at the feet of the judge and trust him with them. We need to remember and confess our own sin to our Savior and our forgiver. The gospel of Jesus, I say that all the time, the gospel of Jesus. I said that last time. It's the gospel of Luke. I mean, it's Jesus, but it is the gospel of Luke. In the book of Luke, in the Bible, we get the story of when Jesus reclined at the table of the Pharisee. He reclines there and a prostitute come and she is weeping and she is contrite and she has snuck into the house and she begins bathing Jesus' feet with her tears and anointing him with with expensive perfume and wiping off his feet with her hair. And the Pharisee, whose name is Simon, is just horrified that this woman is even touching him. And he does not do a good job of, you know, masking over his disgust. And so Jesus tells him a story of two debtors, one who needs a huge debt forgiven and one who just needs a little. And who is going to feel more love um, for the for- forgiver, the one who has a huge debt or the small? And of course, it's the one with the bigger debt, has a more gratitude. And Jesus says, therefore, I tell you, her sins, which many are forgiven, for she loved much, but he was forgiven little, loves little. And sister, I know how much Jesus has forgiven me. My internal thoughts and desires, which no one knows but Jesus, run opposite so often to his instructions and desires for my mind and heart. Yet he forgives me. He throws my sins away. He covers them with his blood. He remembers them no more. Think about that last sentence. He remembers my sins no more. And I should do likewise with the sins others perpetrate against me. I can only do that when I trust Jesus to deal with them. And I must do that because remembering those hurts will trip me up and send me hurtling to the ground. Jesus has forgiven so much. I'm sorry, that was a timer. That was not the bells of heaven. That was just a timer that went off. (laughs) Jesus, this is this is what happens right in the middle of this exciting time. And I'm not editing. So here you go. You heard my timer. Let's keep keep going. Let's go back. Okay. Hurts will trip me up and send me hurtling to the ground. Jesus has forgiven me so much. And if I am going to follow him, I need to forgive others so that my joints can be put back in place and my hurts can be healed. 
The root of bitterness can be eradicated and and it will no longer eat my heart. I'm healed from lameness. I'm free to move effectively into the place he calls me in this season. Doesn't that sound better? My sense of justice is what can feel so offended if my offender doesn't seem to understand the effect of those words or actions. But when the sin against me stands in a long line, of, of similar examples, it's even worse because my righteous just indignation gets her back all in a line and points the finger. You have done it again and again and again. And I get more angry at this one time because I have held on to all the past times that it has happened. And yet Jesus doesn't want me to act like that because he doesn't deal with me like that. If he did, no hope would exist. But Psalm 103, 10 through 12 says he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. Praise the Lord. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. He takes them away. He doesn't remember them. Oh, dear sister, I wish I could hug you right now and listen to your broken heart spill out the hurt and disappointment you've borne. And maybe that's what you need to do. Talk to a counselor or a good friend and get that hurt out. Write it down in a journal. Talk it to a friend, but put it ultimately into the arms of Jesus. They stand open and ready. He is so much better to run to because he can actually deal with the messy scars of our life. He can he is a he is a trustworthy judge that we can give over these hurts and we can give him ourselves because he heals us. He forgives us. He carries our pain. We can trust him with that burden. Do you want to be effective in these empty nest years? I know I do. But we will not be effective if every time we start to move forward, we trip over roots of bitterness. Let's not make our path harder. Let's not throw our aching knees out of joint. Instead, let's run with endurance this race that is in in front of us, the rest of the race that we have that stretches before us with all of the energy we can muster, free from the burden of bitterness and fueled by the freedom of forgiveness. Anger and bitterness paralyze us. But like we talked about in episode 303, we have a healer. Jesus stretches out his hand to us and asks, do you want to be healed? Our alternative is to be suffocated by our very own kudzu vine of bitterness, which we are growing through our own unforgiveness. Let's let Jesus deal with our offender and our offenders. Let him take the hurt. He can handle it. We cannot, but we can run free in him. Oh, Lord God, we have so many places in our heart that hurt. There are old scars and old pains. Lord, help us remember every place that we have harbored bitterness instead of offering forgiveness. Bring to mind to everyone listening those things that we need to forgive. Help us to forgive, Lord, just like you do, not remembering anymore so that we can walk freely with no bitterness, no anger, instead walking in your love. Help us to learn to forgive like you forgive us. Lord, we're so grateful that you don't remember our sins. Help us have very, very bad memories in in the sins that others have given to us and help us remember your love instead, your steadfastness, 
and your ability to do in our heart what we cannot. We thank you for that. In the name of Jesus, amen.